0: Welcome back to New World Next Week. I'm James Corbett of CorbettReport.com. And I'm James Evan Pilato from
1: MediaMonarchy.com. I didn't notice until I bought a dumb phone how much a smartphone was taking over my life. We've got that story. Plus this year's Vaxapalooza lineup looks killer. But first, keeping true to our name with next week's news, UK to launch new digital ID tech next week as part of a nationwide digital ID push. Grabbing this from the fine folks at ReclaimTheNet.org. The UK government is pushing ahead with its nationwide digital ID plans, despite half the responses to its public consultation on digital identity opposing the idea. On April 6th, I believe that's next week, 2022, new digital identity document verification technology, IDVT, that enables data sharing between public bodies and businesses for the purpose of identity verification will be introduced. It'll be made available to all the greats like UK employers, landlords and letting agents who can use it to digitally carry out pre-employment criminal record checks, right to work checks and right to rent checks. The introduction of this digital IDVT is part of the government's far reaching digital ID plans, which were announced way back in March. The government has framed these digital ID plans as a way for UK citizens to easily and quickly prove their identity using digital methods instead of having to rely on traditional physical documents under these digital id plans uk citizens will be able to create a digital identity with a trusted organization which can be used in person or online and via a phone app or website these trusted organizations will be given a legal gateway to carry out verification checks against official data held by public bodies to help validate a person's identity the government will also allow the trust generated by a single successful digital identity check to be passed to other organizations where appropriate. The trusted organizations that provide these digital identity solutions will need to get accredited and certified under legislation that the government plans to introduce. Once accredited and certified, they'll be given a trust mark to demonstrate their compliance and will be defined as being a trust marked organization. IDVT, Digital Identity Document Validation Technology. We'll link it right to gov.uk. James, in another a couple of amazing coincidences of nations around the world all adopting the same police state biotech measure simultaneously, but somehow they could never harmonize like AC power outlets though, somehow. South Africa considers requiring citizens to turn over their biometric data to own a phone or even obtain a SIM card. South Africa, God, that's that place that Russia invades all the time, right? And the coup de grace, the death blow of mercy, digital ministers agree to explore. See, James, they're just exploring and considering national ID systems in Australia.
0: James? Oh, yes, it's just a consideration. And what, as you say, what an amazing coincidence all around the world simultaneously. Hey, let me add one more from reclaimthenet.org just in the past week or two. Uh, Canada School of Public Service panel proposes digital IDs tied to vaccine passports. Yeah, yay. And yeah, isn't it interesting that uh, literally country after country after country is doing the exact same thing in the exact same way, talking about the exact same type of rollout? Well, we've already got this vaccine passport infrastructure. Why don't we, uh, I don't know, tie it into a digital ID grid? Hey, it, we're just thinking of this on the fly, folks. Just winging it as it comes, honest. And that's why it's happening everywhere around the globe simultaneously. But don't worry, guys. Russia and China and India and the BRICS nations are going to stand up to this and not do Oh, wait, they're already doing it to all of their... Oh, that's right. China was pioneering all of this QR code and lockdown insanity at the beginning of the scamdemic. That's where that's where it all came from, right? So, yeah, good luck with uh, your, you know, globalist saviors there on the other side of this imaginary line. The technocratic rollout continues apace. And um, again, I don't think I need to explain this to our regular audience, but I hope people understand this is absolutely a linchpin for the coming technocracy. Digital ID is is going to be the basis for all of it, the CBDCs and the constant surveillance and tracking and control of everything and everyone. And actually, yes, it's not even just about yourself and your personal ID. It's also going to be about the RFID and it's embedded in everything that you buy and everything that you wear and everything that you drive and everywhere that you go. Everything will be talking to everything else simultaneously. What could go wrong? Anyway, as I say, I don't think I need to elaborate too much on this, but in case you missed it, episode 415 of my podcast on the global digital ID prison might be very relevant for people who still don't quite understand why digital ID is something that we should be opposed to.
1: James, for this New World Next Week episode 480, maybe it's a nice good, a little bit of good news here for our second story, the somewhat pushback against what we just talked about. Dumb phone sales are soaring as people revolt against overwhelming smartphones. Grabbing this from Activist Post, and I'll just mention here right at the top, we've actually just been toying with a light phone here at the house. Again, as everybody are looking at different opportunities to get rid of their slave phone. In a time when various developed world intelligence agencies filling up petabytes of hard disk space with domestic phone records and tracking their own citizens who, in the pursuit of a liberal agenda, have been escalated to a greater terrorist threat than actual foreign terrorists, some people have had enough throwing their smartphones into the trash and, if replacing them at all, replacing them with dumb phones instead. One among them. 17-year-old Robin West, who, according to the Big Brother Corporation, where a bit of this sources back to, she's an anomaly among her peers. She doesn't have a smartphone. Instead of scrolling through TikTok and Zuckergram all day, she uses a dumb phone. People out there who had a cell phone maybe in the late 1990s remember this. For everybody else, basic handsets or feature phones with very limited functionality compared to, of course, say, the eye scanning iPhone 28 or whatever they're up to. For the most part, you can typically only make, receive phone calls, and send text messages. If you're lucky, maybe listen to radio, take very basic photos, but definitely not connect to the internet or apps. Robin's decision to ditch her former smartphone two years ago was a spur of the moment thing, looking for a replacement handset in a secondhand shop She was lured by the low price of a brick phone. Her current handset, her French firm Mobiwire, cost her eight pounds. Because it has no smartphone functionality, she doesn't have to worry about an expensive monthly data bill. I didn't notice until I bought a brick phone how much a smartphone was taking over my life. I had a lot of social media apps on it, and I didn't get as much work done as I was always on my phone. The Londoner adds that she doesn't think She'll ever buy another smartphone. I'm happy with my brick. I don't think it limits me. I'm definitely more proactive. According to BBC, dumb phones are enjoying a revival. Google searches for them jumped by 89% between 2018 and 2021. And while sales figures hard to come by, one report said that global purchases of dumb phones due to hit a billion units last year, up from only 400 million in 2019. This compares to worldwide sales of 1.4 billion smartphones last year following a 12.5% decline in 2020. I mean, it reached a certain point. I mean, James, we were walking around in Portland. It was like, homeless people have smartphones. I think we've reached complete saturation here. A 2021 study by accountancy group Deloitte said that one in 10 mobile phone users in the UK had a dumb phone. Not smart, but clever? The Return of Dumb Phones, that's the article from the BBC, but I can see, James, maybe the future headlines. BBC, Google, and Deloitte all get together and buy up the dumb phone companies.
0: You know what? In this particular case, I'd say let them Um, because I would say that this is one of those things where we'll see. We'll see how the market really responds to this and whether companies really flood into this. Hey, people want the dumb phone. Okay, let's start making that and we'll start competing for that. Or will they say, I don't care. I'm not going to give you your dumb phone. I'm going to continue making smartphones until and it'll be the only thing left for you to buy. Um, Because I don't think this is about making money. I think this is about a much bigger agenda of control. So uh, we'll see how the uh, corporations respond to it. But this is a genuinely good news story, at least insofar as it represents the growing concern and the growing awareness amongst a large section of the public about what these smartphones represent and where they are taking us as a society. And as the article points out, um, it's not just... The older generation, the old fuddy duddies. It's 25 to 35 year olds, and um, it's it's a genuine, identifiable sales trend. So that's a good sign. Of course, as always, it depends on how this movement, if it is a movement, is directed, and whether it is consciously working towards a particular goal or whether it's just kind of uh, just reacting to things as they come, because that can always be steered in the wrong direction. But I know that we speak to a large audience here every week, and I guarantee there are people in this audience who struggle with this in some form or other. Um, Maybe not to the extent that they're constantly on their phone, but at any rate, there are, I'm sure, people out there who would like to use their phones less. And so if you find yourself in that, good. The awareness of the problem is the first step. And as always, there are things in in my archives that I hope will be helpful to people. I had a solutions watch last year with um, Tim Kilkenny about unplugging from the matrix where we talked about different um, ways of going on digital fasts or cleanses or, or trying to get unplugged completely. Um, I have also uh, talked about this way back in the archives, back in 2016, Larry Rosen gives practical advice on controlling your smartphone so it doesn't control you. Um, so I, I hope those will be useful to people who find themselves in that position. But I, I would say underlying this is a fundamental part of human psychology, which I will go back. I've said this many times, so forgive me if you've heard this before, but it is important to understand what is being said here. Quote, the conscious and intelligent manipulation of the organized habits and opinions of the masses is an important element in In democratic society, those who manipulate this unseen mechanism of society constitute an invisible government, which is the true ruling power of our country. Edward Bernays, of course, uh, grandfather of the Netflix guy? Uh, I forget the, the exact lineage, but anyway, that's how he might be known to the younger generation today. But of course, the man who literally wrote the book on propaganda. The conscious and intelligent manipulation of the organized habits of the masses. And that is a key part of really any addiction, but certainly this smartphone addiction. It is about your habits and the the sort of routines that you develop with your device and where and when you take it. Uh, can you leave your house without it? Can you put it away and go to bed without bringing it to your bed? All of these little things that seem little, but those habits really do make a difference in whether you are controlling it or it is controlling you. On that note, speaking about how to p- potentially replace your smartphone habit with something different, I will uh, I, I, there will be an idea that will be presented in a Solutions Watch I'm working on that should be ready in about 24 hours or so, so stay tuned for that. But I hope people are at least consciously thinking about this, and of course this applies to a wide variety of addictions but one that I think we can certainly identify in, a, in our current society is the smartphone addiction.
1: But if you don't have a smartphone, how's the 5g going to activate all the nano covades? Good grief. Uh, speaking of trends, James, this just kind of hit me as you were talking about it. I like music. I've been listening to records since I was a little kid. I've always found it, it a lot of joy. But in the new tech era, I find taking some time. Again, this is, of course, vinyl. What a giant exploited trend by the major labels. But having said that, spending some time listening to music. You can still even actually, it's funny, James. I mean, you're still sort of using the like, staring at a thing, but I'm not staring at a screen. I'm staring at a record or a tape's going around and I'm and I'm thinking about music or, and I'm thinking about other things. That might be a nice little simple way if people are literally like, "I'm addicted to my phone. I can't put it down." Get a cheap record player, man. Start to buy cheap forty fives from the from the crap shop down the down the street. It'll be, I think, an easy kind of an easy thing to do. Uh, what is this? Our, our self help episode of New World next <laughs> <laughs> week, James episode four hundred and eighty. And speaking of music, finally on this episode four hundred and eighty, sad but. Not surprising. I saw, of course, I get lots of industry emails, James, as you might imagine. I saw it when it was pretty fresh news. But I saw him when he was Alanis' drummer on the Jagged Little Pill Tour at Nissan Pavilion in August 96. Some some band called Radiohead was opening for him. Taylor Hawkins, Foo Fighters drummer, dead at the age of 50. But he's just one of many. This is the question. Why? Are some of the world's top class performers and athletes dropping? So uh, it was at least seven deaths for seven rockers in order of when they were publicized. James, I think this is really important to do. March 24th, frontman for Swiss metal band Newt, Didier Severin dies. No cause of death given. His age wasn't even listed. That same day, March 24th, handshake murders vocalist Jason Holmes, dead at the age of 42, passed away of... Undisclosed causes. Then we hit March 25th, just last Friday. Taylor Hawkins, drummer of Foo Fighters, dead at 50. On March 25th, 2022, emergency services were called to the Casa Medina Hotel in Bogota, Colombia, where Taylor Hawkins was suffering from chest pains in his hotel room. Health personnel arrived and found Hawkins unresponsive. They performed CPR, but he was declared dead at the scene. No cause of death was given. The following day, Colombian authorities announced that a preliminary urine toxicology test indicated that Hawkins had 10 substances. That's the big headline now. 10 substances in his system at the time of his death. Opioids, benzos, tricyclic antidepressants, and of course, THC. 10 drugs. Do do any of those include Pfizer or Moderna drugs? We'll have to wait for that one forever to find out. On March 29th, the Foo Fighters confirmed that they had canceled all their upcoming shows following Hawkins' death. However, James, my sources say they canceled all the tour shows except the Grammys, at least not officially yet. So it is possible that in like four days, three days from now, that fake growl, Dave Grohl, I guess will continue. this is what I call the, the triple crown of pop culture rituals. You get the superb owl which was pretty pretty low, and not not much happened. Just you know, boring rappers acting like they didn't espouse violence for thirty years before a swamp thing. Then of course the Oscars psyop, and then the Grammys. So I mean, literally, Dave Grohl could walk out, he could walk out maybe wearing a Kurt Cobain shirt while the nation does this weird like feel your pain ritual on TV. Whitney Houston was dead in the bathtub. They left her there while the Grammys parties just went on. That was exactly a decade ago. Maybe somebody could go up and slap Dave Grohl, huh? I've also seen someone purporting to be a friend of Taylor Hawkins saying Taylor never wanted to get the jab, but he did it to tour. He did it for Dave Grohl. And that's not even getting into their new Studio 666 horror film. Or, I guess, like, sort of how much more powerful the Vetter Grohl corporate grunster Frankenstein monster grows with each and every ritualized death. The next day, March 26th, too close to touch vocalist Keaton Pierce dies, suddenly and unexpectedly, due to a medical condition he was dealing with privately. March 26th, country roots musician Jim Miller of Western Centuries passes away unexpectedly. 69, not exactly a spring chicken, but Media notes, in good health, they just embarked on a spring tour. They played Thursday, March 24th, at the burr and Irish Bar in Somerville, Massachusetts. He died a couple hours after the show. The family has not released the cause of death. March 27th, R&B singer Keith Martin, dead at 55 in the Philippines, best known for his ballad, Because of You, discovered lifeless in his condo, officials estimate he was maybe laying there for a week. And then, hey... March 28th, Mira Calix, acclaimed electronic musician and artist, dead at 51. Warp Records announces that Calix had died. No cause of death disclosed, 51 years old. And then today, Tom Parker, singer for a band called The Wanted, dead at the age of 33. So I think that's actually eight dead in six days. That's not counting gospel singers, record store owners, 32-year-old concert promoters. And James, those are the ones we know about. I've done a ton of work on this the last couple of years and the following links in the show will contain links upon links showing you the super rebel punks shilling muzzles mandating medicine for you and more they went they went seamlessly from orange man bad to the biotech state good and now the current thing supporting ukraine james just an hour ago a a listener sent me a picture Of the 930 Club, one of the greatest, most legendary nightclubs in the country. I've been there a million times. They've got a new sign up in their window that says, First, they came for Ukraine. Next to all the sellout bands that force you to get medical interventions to see them. First, they came for Ukraine. Yeah, that's the first thing they came for. If I don't, crazy maybe. I remember some of those bands used to feign being anti-war. There it is. First they came for Ukraine and then there's posters for Bright Eyes who used to, you know, sing out against Bush. This is an amazing bit of psyops I think to kind of trick people. You just shot in the heart into worrying about like a fire down the block or something. So in reverse chronological order, all from New World next week. Again, I think this is very worth noting because this is unfortunately Kind of the biggest news story in the world. maybe giving to your friends that are that are sad about dude dying and maybe still on the electric fence about any of this. New World next week flashback Ticket tech unveils world's first integrated mobile ticket and vaccination check-in that was from last November. And there was some good news. new coalition of musicians opposing VAx mandates and segregation from October of last year. And I screwed up the URL every time. I think when we talked about it, James, this is I can fix it. FreeTheNationMusic.com featuring our buddies like the Freds, featuring new buddies like MicroPixie. Pretty fantastic stuff at FreeTheNationMusic.com. But you got to keep them segregated. That's the new rallying cry. Punk man, The Offspring, fires drummer for refusing to take COVID vaccine. Pete Parada, probably thanking his stars. He didn't go along with this. As he might be in the same situation as Taylor Hawkins right now. And then suddenly last summer, Foo Pfizer's Vaxed Only concert canceled after Vaxed Band Member gets COVID. Woohoo, boy. That cover art. Big love to our awesome video editor, Brock. There they all are in the scrubs. There's Taylor. That was last summer. These Florida concert tickets are 18 bucks if you're vaccinated, $1,000 if you're not, and take me to your Vaxapalooza. Mayor Lightfoot announces return of Lala to Chicago, because remember, voter ID is bad, but Vax ID is good. Hey, James, they've got Goldman Sachs appearing at the upcoming Lollapalooza. You can't make this up. Fake punks get the real jab. Fake rebels jump on the punks, get the jab bandwagon. April 2021, Circle Jerks, No Effects, Joan Jett, Green Day's drummer said, let's all get vaxxed and get our concerts back. And that's the thing, James, that's really been hit me again. The music industry helped push this in a greater way than maybe restaurants or other employment places could have ever have hoped to. The entertainment industry, the super wokest, pushed death on countless people. They are the leading elements of this clown world segregation. But for me, the biggest betrayal, there's no more room for Jello Biafra. Fake musical rebels cash in on Orange Man Bad going all the way back to October 2020, James. That's been this seamless transition between all of this and at the lowest, maybe pretty petty stuff. Jello Biafra, again, Lead singer of the Dead Kennedys, noted political spoken word artist, longtime independent label runner. He started making these videos, what would Jello do? WWJD, haha, like Jesus. Man, when Orange Man Bad happened, and then of course the scandemic happens, and he starts wearing muzzles, and he starts advocating for all these things he used to speak out against. Jello or someone working for him, have been busted changing the title of a 2021 video about taking the Jabberwocky from a risk worth taking, they changed it to a gamble worth taking. Pretty subtle, but pretty telling. But again, it's, it's easy for rockers. It's easy for us to believe that these rockers, oh, they cacked out. Oh, they killed themselves. Oh, he choked in his sleep or whatever. So they don't necessarily take the best care of themselves. It's easy to sell the idea that, oh, he went out partying like a rocker. That's also another reason I think a lot of this seems so dumb is that suddenly a bunch of, you know, death-obsessed drinker-druggers got really health-conscious because their jobs were threatened, so they took the mark. But it's also the world's best athletes as well. That's a whole other death list of people pledging their heart to the Pfizer flag on the pitch. But James, in my long, latest musical rant installment, I just ask you, is it more likely that the drugs a world-class rock star, has on the record been doing all of his life, that that suddenly killed him? Or is there maybe some other element that's
0: been introduced the last year or so? Shut up, conspiracy theorist. It's clearly the those drugs, not that drug. That's not even a drug. That's mother's milk that he injected <laughs> into his veins. And did the right thing. Yeah. Hmm. Uh, well, well, we'll leave people to ponder that in their own time. But uh, first they came for Ukraine is particularly ironic. Quoting the old Martin Niemöller poem, anti-Nazi poem, uh-huh. to support uh-huh. the Nazis in Ukraine. <laughs> like the Azov Battalion and other literal neo-Nazis worshipping Nazi collaborators like Steven Bandera <laughs> yeah, over there in Ukraine. Hmm. Interesting. But... Uh, I will, I I don't have anything to add to that. That's an incredible amount of information. I will simply add something from the geopolitical side. If we're noting the deep, I was going to say dearly departed, recently departed, shall we say, Uh, uh, we could get from Covert uh, Action Magazine. Albright, as in Madeline, the price was worth it Albright, was a key figure sparking new Cold War by championing championing NATO expansion as Secretary of State in 1990s. Noting, of course, the recent passing of Madeline Albright, former Secretary of State, and going into the history of how she was warmongering and uh, threatening NATO expansion, and very much a part of this the development of what we're seeing today in 2022 – Right up until the very end, and something I didn't notice, but yes, she had an op-ed in the New York Times on February 23rd, calling Putin a reptilian. So, yeah, she was there right to the end, continuing to do this stuff. Um... So I'll just leave that as a note. I, I, as always, I'm not. I don't celebrate these kind of deaths. Her death will change this this agenda that's unfolding. Not one iota. It will continue on exactly as before because it is an ideology that is adhered to by many people, and there's many people waiting to jump into the 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 space of any of these people. Similarly, with these performers who took the mark for to keep their jobs or whatever else, whatever their motivation is. I'm not I'm not happy about their deaths. I'm not gloating about them. Um, the death of any unrepentant sinner is a tragedy, isn't it? So uh, at any rate, it is just to note that, yes, the karma or whatever else does come for everyone in the end. And uh, these people are suffering what I think they've sown. The, they're reaping the rewards they've sown, shall we say.
1: Well, isn't it ironic? I, I don't have any of the proof right in front of me. But to think back at the Clinton era... I bet a lot of these similar bands, if not some of the same exact musicians, were doing benefit concerts for the Clintons because they were super duper cool. Yeah, I guess the the Ides of March marches on to, of course, coming up on 420 and May Day. That is New World Next Week, episode 480. Of course, we have the awesome newworldnextweek.com store, all the Corbett Report DVDs. We are working on more content behind the scenes of course, we have T-shirts. I do not have this T-shirt. Don't email to ask about it. you got to make your own. We have Media Monarchy and Corporate Report T-shirts. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have the P.O. Box, of course, as well, for folks that don't do the digital money thing. As I say, but speaking of digital things, streaming radio, MediaMonarchy.com slash listen, Monday through Friday, 9 to 5, Mountain Time. James Today, I, I've been actually playing classic Media Monarchy episodes. I'm sorry, instead of playing the latest Corber Report or Last American Vagabond episodes, I've been promoting myself, playing episodes from the day in history, which you know I'm I'm into that man, and it just resonates so much. Cassie and I today which is like, wow, this seems pretty important. We were playing a New World Next Week episode from six years ago today. It was about, uh, oh, what was it? Oh, Russian Noya and NATO expansion and egging on war. I also... Uh, uh, no, 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 anything. go ahead, go ahead okay <laughs> on those streams also every single morning on the morning monarchy since january 2021 i close the show with a truth music real deal protest song every morning bands and artists that are fed up with this crap please reach out to us we are playing the music we are promoting the music heck we might start pressing it on those aforementioned records and tapes pretty soon there it is james episode
0: 480 Awesome. Let's wrap it up there. And thank you to everyone out there for supporting this work. We couldn't do it without you. And James, I'll see you again next week. Cheers, buddy. Take care.